Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cover 32, week four of the NFL season. We're ready to go, uh, you know, another quarter of the season down. So let's get into it. Another episode, Cover 32. What's going on, boys? How are we doing today? Phenomenal. Here. <laughs> Said it sound like an airplane back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a lot of action this week in the NFL, um, and that's not even including all of the uh, the COVID stuff. Again, second week in a row we've had to deal with the with the virus stuff, but you know we'll get through it. This game got played, so that's all that counts, you know. But um, we got another week four um, wrap up for you guys, so kind of. Give you guys a uh, a broad look at what we saw, what we took out of out of Week Four, uh, and out of all these matchups. Uh, we'll start off with the Thursday night game, the Bengals uh, and Jaguars. I'm excuse me, Bengals Jaguars. Uh, Bron- Broncos Jets on Thursday night. Um, Broncos winning 37 to 28. Melvin Gordon had a really good game, 23 carries for 107 and two touchdowns. Uh, are we trusting Melvin Gordon uh, moving forward? Honestly, man, in my humble opinion, nah. Like he was serviceable <laughs> with um with Philip Lindsay being out, but he really didn't wow us. Um he had his first Bell Cow workload versus the Jets, and most of his points came from a poor tackling forty yard touchdown versus a horrible, abysmal, terrible Jet scene. So <laughs> the Broncos, to me, they really aren't a good offense, and they've been cycling through QBs since the Drew Locke injury. And now that Philip Lindsay is trending up for week five, I'm looking at Gordon kind of to fall into like a low RB2, but really more like RB3 numbers. Yeah, um, I'm not really going to trust him either. Uh, it was a good game, and he is a, a RB1 on on a team, so I'm not going to like, you know, throw him in the trash. Like, if you got him, you got him, but I'm not going to consider this this game any type of breakout or anything like that. But um, definitely, definitely a good game. Um, Might have won you a week. So a uh, good performance from, from Melvin Gordon. Uh, Cowboys-Browns also played this week, and the Browns came into town and put it on the Cowboys, 49-38. to 38. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, with his breakout game of the season, five catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. And then he also had... Uh, two carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. So three total touchdowns. Great day for OBJ uh, in week four. Uh, breakout game for him. Are we expecting more out of him uh, going into the rest of the season? Uh, I think you'll definitely see more games along these lines here and there, but I don't think this is the new norm. Um, so I I wouldn't trust this to be uh, like, you know, one wide receiver no, one numbers consistently going forward. I would take this as an opportunity to sell high on OBJ because he said it himself that he's understands he won't be the focal point of this offense. He understands mm-hmm. that this is going to be a run first offense. And even though we saw uh, Nick Chubb go down and is now on IR, I still think that they're going to lean on that rush attack with Kareem Hunt. And um, so that just doesn't sit well with me as far as trusting OBJ. And he's starting to look more like a um, like a boomer bust wide receiver 
one, a wide, more of a consistent wide receiver two, but has wide receiver one games here and there. Yeah, we're we're definitely not going to get, of course, a performance like that every week. I don't think any receiver in the league does that, especially with the with the rushing numbers and t- uh, getting a uh, catch from Jarvis Landry. But you know they're playing the Cowboys, so it's not. No, almost anybody could do that. I could probably go out there and score a couple t- touchdowns against them right now. So, um, but yeah, not definitely a, a good day for him. But I don't see him really keeping that that pace up for the rest of the season either. Um, Jordan, your boy on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and the Bengals take down the Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty-three uh, to twenty-five. Uh, so they improved to one, two, and one. Joe Mixon, twenty-five touches, one hundred and fifty-one yards, two touchdowns, uh, and also got involved in the receiving game. Six catches for thirty yards and a touchdown. So three total TDs on the day for Joe Mixon. Complete boom, uh, week-winning performance for Joe Mixon. Um, I think this is where we're gonna see. From this point on, Joe Mixon be the top five to top ten running back that he was projected to be going into into drafts this season. Um, he's get I only say this because he's getting the ball. Joe Burrow is getting better. The team looks like they're on the on the up and up. Jaguars aren't a terrible team, um, so it's not like it was like a layup type of game. Um, but they're going to be competitive. This is what most of us thought we were going to get out of the Bengals that they weren't going to be terrible. They're young, uh, and they have a lot of offensive weapons. So I think at this point, even with T. Higgins improving, I think this team as a whole is going to get better, and that only benefits Joe Mixon. Uh, Is he going to rush for 151 yards and two touchdowns every week? Of course not. But I think from the performance that he's had already, um, the first three weeks you're kind of disappointed in him. And I think having that type of day and then the Bengals hopefully realizing, like, okay, this – this dude, we need to get him the ball consistently because this is what he can do with the football. Uh, moving forward, I think I think the uh, the ceiling is really high for Joe Mixon. Um, another matchup that we watched was the Detroit Lions uh, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints winning that one, thirty-five to twenty-nine, a six-point win for them, uh, and they improved to uh, two and two. Uh, Matt Stafford, quarterback of the Lions. Um, 206, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, but he has scored two touchdowns at all four uh, of these games to start the season, but hasn't gone over 300 yards yet. And for Matt Stafford, we usually consider him a really high score, uh, high passing yardage quarterback. Um, is her, his numbers in the passing game going to go up this season, or is this kind of what we're gonna what we're gonna get out of Matt Stafford this season? Um, I think this is kind of, I think this is it. When you look at Matt Stafford, I look at Matt Stafford Mm. and I see like a Ryan Tannehill. I see guys who have safe floors, not super high ceilings. And what you see is what you get with them. Um, Mm. he's going to be, he's going to be continually getting more consistent. Uh, now that Kenny Galladay is back in the lineup, he's just, um, the target machine and really sets, uh, Stafford up to produce numbers, um, but I don't think we're going to see massive games. You'll see some 300-yard games here and there. He will go completely bananas on Thanksgiving, like always. <laughs> um, 
but he is and there's a place for him you know especially guys who play in super flexes or wqb leagues i tend yep. to like to use a, get a strategy of getting a high ceiling quarterback and one safe quarterback to play and i think matt stafford would definitely be a good candidate to put in your safe quarterback spot yeah definitely i, I really think that galladay being back in the lineup consistently will help him i just don't I, I don't really know why either, but I don't see a whole bunch like consistent, cl- even close to 300 yard passing games uh, every year out of him. It just it just looks a little bit less high octane for them. They're just not really in a in a good place, so there's not really a spot for him to be throwing the ball around like that. So, um, all right, well that's it for Matt Stafford. Um, you know, if you have him in a in a standard league. Uh, of course, I wouldn't really want to be starting him, like you said, Jordan. But uh, super flex, definitely two QB league. That's definitely a safe, a safe pick at quarterback. Uh, Seahawks and Dolphins, uh, 31-23. This is actually a more competitive game than we expected. Oh, well, me at least. But um, Seahawks coming out with the win, 31-23. Moving on to four and zero. Uh, on the Miami side, the good side, other than them lo- losing, uh, Devontae Parker getting 10 receptions for 110 yards. Uh, didn't score a touchdown, but the volume is definitely there. Um, 12 targets on the day. Is this the start of consistency for Devontae Parker? We know he was a a uh, breakout candidate for a lot of uh, fantasy guys. Is this kind of the turning point for Devontae Parker? Oh, well, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy, and yeah, I think so. Like I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. However, I can't promise you that he's gonna have twelve targets every single game like he did in this one. They obviously uh, they played Seattle this week. Loves to give up tons of passing yards for whatever reason. So we have we do have to take that into account. But yeah. I think the thing that I love about Devontae Parker is that he's efficient. He's like a a Tyler Lockett in my eyes. He's mm-hmm. caught twenty four passes of 29 targets. So it, that's just proving his relationship with Fitzpatrick is strong. So this is the most consistent Miami team I've seen over the last few years. So I do believe that you can keep um, throwing Parker into your lineup every single week um, this year. Jordan, I know you were high on Devontae Parker going into to drafts. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I still – think that um he he was a value for what for where you had to pick him um, right but I, I i don't want anyone to sit back and think that you're going to get wide receiver one numbers out of him yeah but yeah. like like sid said as long as fitzpatrick is in the lineup Devonte parker will always have a shot yeah exactly so yeah Devonte parker having a good day um if you're stacked at wide receiver and Devonte parker's kind of wide receiver three for you right now or something like that this might be a good time to maybe put the feelers out in the trade uh, on the trade realm and see, you know, what you could get for him right now. Definitely a, a big performance. I don't think we're going to be seeing uh, that all season. So, you know, just just test the waters with that because he's he's definitely a, a good piece to to either have for a team that doesn't have uh, good receivers or for you just to, you know, just to stash whatever you feel like doing. But that that game will definitely uh, bump up his his stock a little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Chargers. Uh, Tampa Bay moving on to three and one, beating the Chargers on Sunday, 38-231. Um, Tom Brady having an excellent day, uh, 369 yards, 
uh, in the air with five touchdowns, did throw a pick, but um, the five touchdowns in the yard is obviously what we're looking at for this game. Um, I was highly impressed with this because even though the Chargers do have a few injuries, um, and be it big ones, uh, their secondary is still really good. Um, and without Chris Godwin, I really didn't think Tom Brady was going to have uh, that type of day that he did. Um, so for Tom Brady, I know we weren't really that high on him, and he's kind of dropped a little bit for me in my own personal rankings week to week. Um, after this performance, I definitely will bump him up just because I would have bumped him up even a little bit um, after this performance. But the fact that he did that against this defense, which which isn't bad against um, against a passing game, uh, and he didn't, doesn't have Chris Godwin, and uh, to some extent, uh, Mike Evans was hurt during this game. So, of course, he had a crazy day, seven catches for 122 and a touchdown. But he was playing through injury. So um, a really good showing out of Tom Brady. Um, if you have him in a standard league, I don't even know if you're – there's a probably 10 quarterbacks you could put above him right now in fantasy football. But um, if he if you get another – you know, two or three games that are close to these numbers, not the not the touchdowns, but just that volume of passing. Um, and this was a competitive game, but I really, that was really encouraging to see out, out of Tom Brady being 43 years old and putting up fantasy numbers like that. Um, Ronald Jones also with 20 carries for 111, so it was definitely effective on the ground too. Uh, that might have helped. Um, but if Ronald Jones is running like that for the rest of the season, that only bumps up Tom Brady's uh, fantasy value as well because now teams are going to have to respect the run. So uh, definitely a good showing for for Tom Brady. He gets he gets a check mark this week for me uh, for week four and and moving forward I'll bump him up a little bit. Um, another uh, matchup that we were watching was the um, I'm sorry, what team is it? Oh, the Washington. <laughs> That's why. Yo, can I just say that? <laughs> Tom Brady had three carries for negative three yards. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> Yo, I did, did not see that. So, <laughs> so I was staring at it and I was trying not to laugh through your because he he went off, but I had to I had to mention that. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. I would have. I wish I saw that while I was reading it. <laughs> wow, three carries for negative three. Why did he try? He didn't try a QB sneak or nothing, huh? That's <laughs> that's funny. Um, but all right, so another matchup we watched, uh, Ravens and Washington football team, 31-17. Ravens get back on track uh, from losing that Monday night game against the Chiefs last week. Uh, they improved to 3-1, and one. Washington dropping to 1-3. and three. Um, Antonio Gibson of the Washington uh, football team, uh, they're starting running back one. Um, question I wanted to put out there is Antonio Gibson, a solid uh, RB2 option going forward. I personally think that he is. And I only say this because, like we've talked about on the show before, Terry McLaurin is really their only receiving option. And Antonio Gibson, when he's used, has done enough to secure that that spot. Now, that spot is not, or this team is not conducive to a fantasy RB1 by any stretch of the imagination. But because Antonio Gibson has shown flashes of, uh, excuse me, of uh, power running and, and, you know, being an elusive back. He did score a touchdown, only 46 yards on 13 carries for a touchdown. But 
Um, they use him a little bit in the passing game. So if you're playing PPR, um, four receptions for 82 yards. So he's definitely one of the, the best weapons um, for Washington right now. So definitely RB2 um, week in and week out. I think you can roll with Antonio Gibson. And of course, Terry McLaurin had a good day as well. 10 catches for 118. But um, I am really comfortable with with Gibson being um, an RB2. Uh, How do you guys feel about Antonio Gibson just quickly? I like Gibson. Um, I think he's always going to be capped. His ceiling is always going to be capped being that he is a part of the Washington football team. Um, yep. But as far as talent goes, he has the ability to break it big at every single time he touches the ball. So, yeah. I mean, you, having, like you said, having that as your RB2 is solid. Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. And it, it could we could see, you know, games way bigger than this. He hasn't really had a breakout game yet. Um, but it looks like he has the talent for it. So if they get up or something like that or they're in a competitive game, it looks like they're going to be using him uh, regardless of, of, of game situation. So. Definitely a good um, a good RB2 for, for any team, to, uh, no matter the, the format. Uh, Carolina and Arizona also played on Sunday. 31-21, to 21, Carolina um, moving to 2-2 two and two on the season, and Arizona dropping to 2-2. Two and two. Um, So Arizona started off hot, and now they're, they're down to 500, and the in the uh, reverse for the Panthers. Uh, the big question of the day and so far through week four is the borderline first-round pick in most drafts, uh, Kenyon Drake of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, week four, 13 carries, 35 yards, 2.7 average, and near nothing in the passing, in the receiving game. Actually, literally nothing in the receiving game. Um, what are we doing with Kenyon Drake at this point? Panicking. <laughs> Hit that panic button. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, I mean, I, so there, there's a bunch of things that raise concern for me. Um, Kenyon Drake looks great uh, at the end of this year, and this is not the same player that we're seeing uh, last year. The only thing, one thing that was changed was that we in, I remember in training camp, there was reports that he was seen in a walking boot uh, and he missed oh, yeah. some camp due to injury. I wonder if that injury is lingering and that is holding him back. Uh, Mm. Mike Tagliere of Fantasy Pros posted some stats and just basically the stats were saying that per snap, where he's what he's expected to do, he is marginally behind where he what he was doing last year. Um, So it's not the team. It's not it's not the offensive line. That's the problem. It's actually the running back play. Uh, Mm. So there is concern for me because do we see Chase Edmonds more? I'd I'd pay attention over the next two weeks. If we see an uptick in more of Chase Edmonds, I'm looking to try to sell as soon as possible because there's a chance that uh, Kenny and Drake could be benched. And we've seen it happen before with David Johnson. Um, So I don't think they would be too afraid to do that again with Kenny and Drake. They have not invested a ton into him. Uh, They could just call it just a loss and bench him. Yeah. Are you at this point? Are you either of you guys tr- trying to get your hands on Chase Edmonds? Like, is it that is it that scary yet? It's a must. It's, yeah. it's a must. You have to rather whether you have King and Drake and you need to shore up the handcuff or you're trying to uh, you got high hopes within the next couple of weeks that he takes over. He's yeah. he needs to be on your roster. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You got to get 
at least try to get Chase Edmonds. And I wouldn't say, you know, spend a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of your team or, or any of that type of don't don't waste too much on trying to get Chase Edmonds. But if you can get him out of value and somebody's not not paying attention or somebody that holds him and doesn't hold Kenyon Drake and is not really paying attention to how much he has not done this season, definitely try to go get your hands on Edmonds because it it looks like it's imminent. And even this this week, you saw that he was uh, heavily involved in their offense. So not looking good for anybody that took Kenyon Drake uh, at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round right now. He has been hot garbage. So you know, I feel like that this week coming up is actually a great gauge. Uh, they have the New York Jets this week. Yep. If Kenyon Drake can't do anything against the Jets, I think that is a good time for you to say, to decide, you know, to full sail him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Sid, what would be your word to describe the Jets' defense? Abysmal. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, abysmal. So if Kenyon Drake can't get it together against the Jets, just throw the whole Drake out. And he wears number 41, so I don't, come on, bro. Come on, like what, <laughs> what there, I don't think there's any position that dawns in the 40s other than a fullback, I think. Hmm. And Peyton Hill was back in the day. He wore 42. <laughs> um, yeah, Kenyon Drake not looking good. Um, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Texans uh, this week. Minnesota getting their first win of the season, 31-23 to over the Houston Texans, who are now 0-4 and have uh, released or fired, I should say, um, their head coach in uh what's his name bill o'brien yeah yeah um yeah exactly uh worst gm i've ever seen anyway (laughs) or whatever you would call him head coach slash gm slash abysmal um (laughs) (laughs) at this point i know we were talking about uh will fuller kicking him to the can he actually had six catches for 108 in the touchdown so excuse us uh, but, you know, next week we'll have nothing. Um, are we completely done with Brandon Cooks at this point? Because there's a little bit of promise as he might emerge as the wide receiver one for, for um, Deshaun Watson. What are, what are we doing with Brandon Cooks? Uh, we are full sale dropping Brandon Cooks at this point. Uh, yeah. I have, like, a stat that really blew my mind away that I read this morning. That Brandon Cooks... There was 40 dropbacks, so 40 passing plays that the Texans ran on Sunday. And Brandon Cooks, was he ran a route on 39 of those pass plays. He had three targets, zero catches, zero yards. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, that's just horrible. And yeah. I know there's going to come a week where this man has four receptions for four touchdowns and 100 yards, but he is – out of the entire wide receiver class right now, to me, he's one of the most untrustworthy, unreliable players you can have on your bench, on your starting lineup. Um, if you're in a 10-man league, you drop him immediately. A 12-man, you can drop him as well. I mean, if you are in a dynasty or a 14, then you can keep him and sit on him for a little bit. But his trade value is at an all-time zero. His value and confidence of starting him is at an all-time zero so i dr- i think i woke up at 705 this morning i dropped him at 706 a.m so <laughs> just tells me what we are yeah it's it's insane i'm i'm in a 16 team dynasty and i have i almost have to 
start Brandon Cooks, and I was even <laughs> questioning, like, what do I do with Brandon Cooks? Even though I literally need him because it's such a deep, deep league. I'm like, eh, I, it's, it's probably just going to be bad for me to keep him on this team just because he's that terrible. Like, I would, I would almost want to just roster somebody that is literally out for the season, and they would probably do better than Brandon Cooks right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, completely done with Brandon Cooks. That whole that team just doesn't have a good situation right now, and Brandon Cooks is obviously taking the taking the the biggest hit out of all of this. So, uh, dumpster fire in Houston right now. Hopefully, Deshaun Watson and David Johnson and Will Fuller can keep it up uh, fantasy wise, but nothing much else that we're gonna be dealing with with Brandon Cooks. Um, Giants and Rams also played this week. Uh, Rams taking the Giants down 17 to nine, improving to three and one. Giants now uh, still winless, 0 and four on the season. Uh, Daniel Jones of the Giants only 190 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Uh, only 5.3 yards uh, per pass. Not really doing much at all. Had a QBR of 42. Um, is can Daniel Jones actually turn his season uh, around after this terrible start? I know they had a, a pretty tough uh, schedule and kind of still do, but what is his outlook for the rest of the season? Is, can he can he do anything to improve this? No, I I really don't see <laughs> I don't see much coming uh, Daniel Jones way. Um, like this week week five they got Dallas, uh, so that may be his best matchup. Literally until week twelve, because um, after that you got Washington, <laughs> Philly twice, Tampa Bay, and then Washington again. And Washington's defense isn't top notch, but their front seven is disgusting, especially oh, yeah. if they get Chase Young back. Uh, so I'm nervous for to for anyone that has to play Daniel Jones at the beginning of this season. If you listen to the podcast, one thing that I preached was do not touch Daniel Jones by any means necessary because his schedule was really really tough now this team is so injured and so hurt that 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 just adds more fuel to the fire uh and uh, if if you're in a if you're in a standard league i want absolutely nothing to do with daniel jones he shouldn't even <laughs> be anywhere near your waiver priorities uh unfortunately in superflex there's just not a enough uh that you need to start two quarterbacks and most of the time, Daniel Jones is most likely going to be one of them. Uh, but so if you if you're in that kind of situation, I'd try to find literally anything else to do. Uh, but that doesn't include Daniel Jones, unfortunately. Yeah, he. I, I don't really see him like like you just said. He's playing Dallas this week. So um, if you have him and want to kind of like in a in a super flex or deeper leagues and stuff like that, if you have him, this would be the the week to kind of ship him off if you need to. I don't know who's going to take him, but he is probably going to have decent numbers because, one, they're either going to be down or he's just going to have no other option but to throw the ball around. Um, so he might have decent numbers to start um, this week five. But other than that, the rest of the schedule just gets right back to regular schedule programming, and he is going to get destroyed and not be able to do anything, especially he wasn't going to be able to do anything with Saquon. And now that he's not there, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you, what he is even going to do. It's, it's kind of not even his fault. It's just the team is just terrible. Yeah, and he's really not that bad of a quarterback. We've seen what he was able to do last last year, and a lot of people were thinking he was going to 
catapult his way up into the you know top 12 top 15 range of fantasy this year but it doesn't look like it's happening um Colts and Bears also played this week 19 to 11 the Colts come away with the win improving to three and one um Bears dropping to three and one after starting uh three and oh so it was actually a really good game I caught some of this um T.Y. Hilton the presumed uh number one receiver on the Colts three catches for 29 yards uh no touchdowns on five targets um I personally am completely done with T.Y. Hilton. Um, I know he's 30 years old. Um, he's not, you know, a spring chicken that he used to be. But I did think that him and Philip Rivers were going to have much more of a connection uh, early on than they have had up until this point. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the the, the, the scheme, maybe, because they have Jonathan Taylor. Um, and Naheem Hines, and they're just kind of running the rock more. They have a top three offensive line in the league. Um, but Phillip Rivers only had 190 and a touchdown, so he's not really even throwing in that much. Um, and that doesn't help T.Y. Hilton either. Um, Zach Pascal was the leading receiver on this team uh, this week. And this is not it's not just like a one off like this is his first week not performing. He has not performed all season. And even going into the season, nobody was expecting T.Y. Hilton to, you know, be a, a top ten receiver like he has been in in past years or anything like that. Um but you know, serviceable, but he has not even been serviceable. So I wouldn't I'm not dropping T. Y. Hilton. I'm just not really excited if I have to start him. Are you guys Dropping Ty? Are you completely done? Or are you going to give him a little bit of a chance? No, I, I don't think you can drop Ty. Um, yeah, like you said, I, you got to hold on to him just because it's still it's still Ty Hill, a great receiver. Right, uh, just you know having some struggles, so he definitely at least should be just on your bench right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I I got to hold on to him. Like like you just said, it's still Ty Hilton. Thirty's not over the hill for a receiver yet. Yeah. Um, I just think the scheme for this team is a little bit different than we anticipated. Um, and he could he could turn it around a little bit, but it's just really not encouraging right now. And I'm if I can move, in, move him, I'm going to. Um, and I, I didn't really draft him that high anyway. So, But, yeah, just really disappointed. I thought, I thought he was going to be able to – I mean, they did play the Bears, but I thought he was going to be able to have a couple decent games to at least start the season. But – you never know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, another matchup we had uh, this Sunday was between uh, the Bills and who did they match up against? Me, try to see. Vegas. Uh, oh, there it is. Yep, Bills and Raiders. Um, Bills coming away with the win, improving the four and oh. This team is scary good, bro. Thirty to twenty-three. Uh, Raiders dropping to two and two. Um, Stephon Diggs had a. Another great day in the office. Six catches for 115, um, averaging 19 yards uh, a catch on seven targets. Um, he, right now, Stefan Diggs is tied for first in the NFL in, in receiving yards. Um, are we considering him a wide receiver in the wide receiver one conversation for the rest of the season, or is it a little too early? Uh, he's definitely in the conversation. He's a low-end uh, WR1, in my opinion. Because he's at least proven over the first four weeks that he has a very safe floor. 
Uh, he scored two touchdowns, but, you know, you want to see more of that. You want to see more touchdowns. And the biggest problem with that is that the Bills are very, they're very tough to match up against. And the reason why they're averaging 30 points is because literally everyone is involved in the red zone. Uh, there is no two-go person. They use all the receivers. They use all the running backs. They use all the tight ends. They use Josh Allen. And they even are known to use linemen in the red zone. So because of that, uh, Stefan Diggs loses a lot of targets, especially in the red zone where you make your money at. So I think he has a very safe floor. We're not – I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet, but I also don't know – I can't speak for how high his ceiling is because of the Bills' offensive scheme. They don't They don't cater to one person. They don't, uh, they don't look at it as Stefan Diggs, like this is our Julio, this is our AB, this is our Devontae Adams. This team is – uh, they're they're sharing with literally in the entire offense. So he's a low on the fringe of WR one. Yeah, he he's a in my opinion he's a low end WR one. Got you, Jordan. Just quickly, do you, how do you feel about Stefan Diggs uh, to start the season so far? Yeah, I like him. It surprised me. Uh, I did not think that Stefan Diggs was going to mesh as well as he has been uh, with yeah. his Buffalo offense. So I, I agree with it. I I think a low end wide receiver one is a good tag for him. Yeah, I agree. It's just we we've seen games like this out of Stefan Diggs. It just had, we've never seen them four in a row. We've seen he's had games like this all his, his career, especially right. I owned him in a couple of leagues last year. They just all weren't bunched together like they are right now to start the season. So I can't put him as a you know a solid WR one every week. Um, but he's definitely you know he's he's creeping up into that conversation. Yards don't make the best fantasy receiver in the league um you know it helps but again it's only through four weeks and we don't really have a, a full gauge on what the bills are going to do with the passing game definitely it's definitely helping josh allen uh, i'll tell you that much now that he has a, a threat down the field that's definitely helping the team as a whole but for his season outlook he's he's fringe wide receiver one right now but we gotta we gotta see a little bit more tape on him so um jordan your eagles Oh, yeah. Pulled out the win on Sunday night, 25-20 to 20 over San Francisco. Um, even though George Kittle torched y'all, but you guys came, <laughs> came away with the win. Too. <laughs> that got busy, bro. Yeah, he was going yeah. off, bro. But 25-20, to 20, Eagles get the win, uh, are now 1-2-1 one, and one, and in first place in the <laughs> NFC least. Uh, <laughs> um, your guy, Miles Sanders, running back for the Eagles. Uh, 46 yards on the ground on 13 carries, um, and then two catches for 30 yards in the receiving game on four targets. Um, he's yet to eclipse uh, 100 yards, and that's only his third game. But uh, Jordan, you have any real concern with him moving forward? I'll kick it to you because you you're the Eagles fan, so. No, no, I I don't have any concern about Miles Sanders because if you watch the games, he looks really good. He looks explosive. Yeah. Uh, he he's all he's constantly keeping it moving. Uh, especially when he's stuffed at the line of scrimmage, he's he's making moves to at least get a yard or two out of it. Uh, so is when you watch the player himself, he looks good. Um, the offensive line has been struggling right now with injuries. Um, so I, I I don't think that that's I think what needs to happen is we need to see Miles Sanders in space more. Um, and get if we get him outside of the tackle box and get him. More, more of those uh, swing passes, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I definitely think you'll see 
more production. But I, I think the games are coming. He's not going to be one of those players who busts out, uh, you know, three touchdown games, I think. So I, I would label him more of a low-end RB1, high-end mm-hmm. RB2 rest of season. Um, but he's definitely a solid roster. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. He it's he's gonna get more touches in the receiving game as well, just because of how banged up their receiving core is. So I don't even think it matters whether he's getting a hundred yards on the ground, because he'll probably go over a hundred scrimmage yards in the receiving game anyways for the rest of the season to make up for it. So yep. um, you know, he's on the field enough, he's used enough to not I've seen a couple people, you know, kind of questioning like, ah, what do I do with Miles Sanders? Is he still is he still in that same area of where he got where he got drafted? But you know, this is his third game. He hasn't even played a sixteen game season yet, even if you combine last season and now. So you got to give him a chance. I mean, he's only he's twenty three years old on a struggling Eagles team, so he'll he'll be fine. He's the shining star of their offense right now. So um, yeah, hold tight on Miles Sanders. I'm I'm not concerned with him at all. Uh, the game that got moved due to the virus. Um, Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Camless Patriots um, on Monday night. Kansas City winning 26 to 10 uh, over the Patriots, improving to 4 and 0. So they are now uh, undefeated as well. Uh, Patriots falling to 2 and 2. Now, really, the only bright spot um, that I saw with the, with the Patriots was uh, the running back Damian Harris. Uh, 17 carries. Uh, 100 yards and pretty much six yards a carry, and he broke one off of 41 yards as well. Um, a lot of, including us, a lot of people are thinking when you think of the Patriots, you think of a running back by committee. You don't know who you should start in the in the that backfield uh, for fantasy. You just have you have no clue because this is what they've always done. Um, but Damian Harris is a little bit different for me because I, going off of eye test, he is the best running back on the team, I think, so far through four games, what we've seen on the field. Before he got hurt, um, and even you know during training camp, what they were saying, and the footage that they had on him, he looked really good. Um, and of course, last night he was running all over the, or Monday night, was running all over uh, the Chiefs. Um, it's still hard to completely trust Damian Harris because of the, the situation that he's in, but I feel like he has enough talent and has turned enough heads now at this point, uh, averaging six yards a carry, um, that he is probably the safest bet to to own that RB1 spot on the Patriots, and I would be willing to put him in an RB3 or flex spot uh, moving forward. Now, that, that may change a little bit when Cam comes back, and of course Cam um, is the team's rushing leader. He's probably their best their best runner, uh, being also being the quarterback, but um, I think James White, you see a little bit less of him. Uh, Sony Michelle's hurt, and I think Rex Burkhead may, you know, may take away a couple uh, goal line red zone carries, but Damian Harris looks like the most versatile. He can he can catch like James White does, but also can, you know, run right down the gut like Rex Burke, like Rex Burkhead. So I think moving forward, if you have to play or you got to go with one of these New England running backs, Damian Harris is the guy to pick up. So if you if you can grab him, that'd be great for the uh, for your team, even to stash him. But I would be comfortable starting him in, in my flex based off of what I've seen so far. I know it's early, but he looked uh, he looked really good uh, against the Chiefs defense. 
Um, we had another Monday night game, of course, the one that was scheduled. Got moved back a little bit because uh, the Patriots and Chiefs had to play on that night as well. Um, the Packers and Falcons, 30-16. Uh, to 16, Packers improved to 4-0, and are undefeated. And the Falcons have still yet to win a game, 0-4, only putting up 16 points. Um, the passing game, of course, these two teams have um, top three fantasy receivers going into the season in Julio Jones and Devontae Adams. Um, both of these guys dealing with hamstring injuries right now. Julio missing last night and Adams uh, missing that game as well. Uh, has missed the last uh, th- uh, two and a half games pretty much. Guys, who would you be more comfortable with going down the road for the rest of the season, Devontae Adams or Julio Jones? Uh, it's Adams easily for me. It's not even close. Okay. And reason being is because Devontae Adams was ready to play last night. He was. You mm. can tell that he was on the sideline. He was angry. He even deleted a cryptic tweet saying <laughs> that he wanted to be on the field. And just the rest of his the season, the defense that they're playing, uh, Houston, Minnesota, banged up San Fran, Jacksonville, um, Philly, Detroit. So I think they rested him up purposely so that Aaron Rodgers – I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on fire right now. Green Bay's undefeated. And as far as the Falcons, their season is crumbling. They're, uh, Dan Quinn's on the hot seat. He's going to be fired any day now. Uh, Matt Ryan is just pulling out his hair. And I think they are just like uh, Green Bay is being safe with Devontae Adams. I think that Atlanta is hiding. You are hiding a Julio. You're hiding Julio's (laughs) true injury. I think his hamstring injury is a lot worse than they're making it seem right now. And I think that um, over the next few weeks, we'll see how much this season they're almost ready to throw in the towel for this season. And like Jordan preaches in the offseason, you want the receiver who's going to be on the more competitive team. Mm. Green Bay is trying to run the table. And Devontae Adams, even though Aaron Rodgers is on fire now, just imagine when Devontae Adams comes back full health after a bye week. I'm definitely taking Adams. Are you guys or Jordan? Are you? Uh, what are you doing with Julio Jones if you have him right now? Are you gonna kind of wait this one out and you know keep him and just try to play the the injury game, or are you trying to move Julio Jones at this point? I'd love to move Julio if I had him. Mm. Uh, I we've seen Julio play through injuries before, and yep. as much as you respect a player for that, we love the grit, we love the fire. Um, when it comes to fantasy football, that is not what we want to see. We do not want you playing through injury. And uh, I can see something like this being a lingering season long and kind of capping his productivity. Uh, it's happened three times that I can think of off the top of my head uh, with Julio Jones, where he plays through injury when he really should be resting it and mm-hmm. ends up affecting his play down the stretch. Uh, so if I if I if it's me, I'm taking the name Julio Jones and I'm I'm getting some some gold with it. Uh, sell yeah. absolutely high. Don't lowball it. Get something worth it for Julio because uh, at the end of the day, he still will probably put up wide receiver two numbers, but he's not going to be. I think the the big name Julio that we're used to seeing this season. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be moving him too, just with the presence of. Um, 
Calvin Ridley, although he put up a goose egg this week too on five targets. But um, you, I mean, they can definitely coexist and be excellent wide receivers. But with this lingering injury, you know, Julio's on the getting towards the back nine of his of his career, so he's not going to be able to bounce back from injuries as quickly as he used to, um, or play with them as as easily as he used to. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm definitely thinking about you know moving him. Um, cause somebody should be able to, to bite in your league, um, off of the name of Julio Jones. Like, oh, he has a groin injury. He was almost ready to play, but you know, they just wanted to be safe cause they're, cause whatever, whatever reason that they had. But, um, but yeah, you can definitely get something like, like you said, Jordan, so just, you know, so high, you can get somebody for the name of Julio Jones and try to move away from him. If, if you can, if you're okay at receiver, because, uh, it doesn't look. Doesn't look too good for Julio Jones down the down the road. Yeah, speaking um, speaking of Calvin Ridley, you want to yep. know what Calvin Ridley and me, I is that the word, have in common? What we <laughs> both had zero fantasy points on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the Ridley, yo, that is he I looked, don't understand. He just looked exhausted happened. last night, man. Bro, so you, side note, yeah. I think yeah. this is more of a testament because I've been watching, yo. I think it's more of a test into Jair Alexander. He yeah, is a, I was going to say that too. He's a very underrated corner, man. And yeah. he's kind of turning into one of those corners that when you see him in a fantasy matchup, you kind of want to shy away from. Like that, like if you have a wide receiver one, like a, if you have Calvin Ridley, you're going to play him. Yeah, yeah when you can't he plays do that on matchup. Alexander, but. but if you're looking, if you have a need a tiebreaker, and he's playing Jair Alexander, I definitely think that that is uh, something that you might want to avoid if you need uh, a tiebreaker. Yeah, that that dude is nice. He reminds me of um, not, I wouldn't say corner play style, but how people thought of Stephon, uh, not Stephon, Stephon Gilmore when he yeah. was in, when he was <laughs> in Buffalo, like that season before he went to the Patriots. Everybody's like, yo, this dude is actually really nice like he wasn't like a big household name yet you know but he was getting there now he's the reigning defensive uh player of the year so yeah um definitely a good yeah just just watch that if you have any you know wide receiver ones for their their specific team going against the packers uh that that opposing receiver might have a, a little bit of a tough time um and you know calvin really putting up a goose egg on five targets against some wool uh, definitely show you the evidence of that. So, and not um, to, yeah, not to harp on Atlanta, but yep. One thing that I was watching <laughs> is I do, which I didn't get. And this is just a frustrated Calvin Ridley owner. They did it maybe about three, four times. Jair Alexander shadows, um, but right before a snap, they did it like three or four times where they would motion him far right. And Alexander wouldn't follow him over there. And they actually got a couple good looks doing that. Mm. I, I don't understand why Atlanta just doesn't, didn't, doesn't mix it up like that. And that tells me, that makes me more afraid going on to Julio that they're, if they're not able to scheme that way and we as fans can see that, but they mm. can't, that really makes me afraid for someone like Julio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know who, I'm not going to. Y'all can't be capping with me either about this. Ola, Olamade Zacchaeus. 
with eight catches and 86 yards for the Falcons. I said, who the heck? Isn't that somebody in the Bible? (laughs) Zacchaeus? I said, what "What in the world? Who is this? So I don't know what to do with the Falcons as a team. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm thrilled that I don't root for them because I'm a Cowboys fan right now. But, you know, they are. This is this is bad. This is bad. So, Perry, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, Sorry, my boy. This yeah, I would just not don't don't watch no more football with the Falcons this year, bro. <laughs> we, we'll we'll give all three of us will give you applications to our teams and it'd be better for for twenty twenty. Not my team. Uh, <laughs> what you say? I said not my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not mine either. But they're still both better than the Falcons. So. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, but all right, good episode, guys. Um, week four is in the books. Uh, we got another good slate of games coming up for week five. And yeah, stay boy. tuned for Battle, our Pennsylvania Big Ben Redemption. Yeah, boy. I told Sid, so <laughs> listeners, I told Sid, I fully expect my Philadelphia Eagles to fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you okay. heard it here first. If Philadelphia beats the Pittsburgh Steelers, y'all ain't going to want to be within a 50 mile <laughs> radius of me. <laughs> And that's on that's on everything, yo. <laughs> that would be absolutely crazy if the Eagles beat the Steelers. I don't know. Sid, we're not sick. gonna see Sid. He's gonna be lock his self in a room. I'm sick of the thirty-four and three jokers. It ain't Jordan. Jordan's <laughs> one of the only Eagle fans I like. But I, I work with Eagles fans. I'm on the internet with Eagles fans. All they, no matter what happens, no matter how bad the Eagles do. Or how good or bad the Steelers do, thirty-four and three—it's just <laughs> ringing in my head, bro. Uh, I'm excited, bro. My team's healthy. The Eagles aren't, but I don't want no excuses. I'm not giving the Eagles no excuses this week. Nah, it ain't an excuse. It's just don't lose. I <laughs> do not lose. Yeah, I love it. And I'm over here concerned about whether the Cowboys can beat the Giants. But, uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, man, that's crazy. But, yeah, definitely get another good week of, of football coming up. Uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in again. Uh, be sure to tune in uh, again this week for our Wave of Wire show, uh, you know, giving our opinion on who we think you guys should be uh, trying to grab uh, or even trade for at this point in the season. So we're a quarter of the way through. Um, you know, if you're 0-4, you know, keep trudging along. You you still just don't, don't give up the fight. You can still make that playoff spot. Uh, and if you're 4-0, don't get too cocky because uh, fantasy football is is what it is for, for a reason. Anything can happen. So um, with that being said, Sid and Jordan, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for hopping on the show. Uh, it's been good. And we will catch you guys on the next one, Cover 32 Crew. We will see you later. Peace.